Feels like a close It's coming to Fucking mine Gonna do It's too late to start Over This is the only thing I Thing I know all I ever do is find different ways to word the same old song Ever since I came along from the day the song called How My Name Is Dropped Started thinking my name was Fall Cause anytime things went wrong, I was the one who they would blame it on The media made media Sucker Radio back for yet another week of awesomeness I am your host, as always, Jeremy Brand um, We have an epic episode for you today Epic in some people's minds um, We'll be kicking things off I'll be going over some of the news that happened this past week, as well as, uh, you know, this past weekend's fight card. And it is fight week. We have UFC 177, Dillashaw versus Burrow 2 upon us this Saturday night. So I will dive into that as well. Two guests for you on today's show. I will be chatting with one of BC's brightest talents in the featherweight division, a man named Jeremy JBC Kennedy. This guy's headed out to Thailand. He he traveled there back in February. Um, he's living his life there, uh, undergoing his training camp there, and he's a changed man because of it. He is six and zero or seven and zero in his professional career, and uh, looks to continue moving forward. And his ultimate goal, obviously, making it to the UFC. I believe he will be there one day. MMASucker.com has a young prodigy named Nick Baldwin. Uh, he's a writing talent of ours. He um, does interviews as well. He's never featured one on the website or on Sucker Radio, but he felt that an interview that he did this past week with Patrick Cote, Canadian Patrick Cote, who will be taking on uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, uh, deserves a listen on Sucker Radio. So I, I will be playing that interview um, following, as always, Justin Pirro's Unpopular Opinions. So that's the show. We have that. As I said, this past weekend we had a couple of fight cards. UFC Fight Night 48, Bisping versus Lee, and UFC Fight Night 49, Henderson versus Dos Anjos. The first one kicked off from Macau. The one thing that had people on Frenzy was Dana White kicking out one of the judges. Uh, our very own Callum Leslie wrote a piece on it. Uh, I'll let you read that for your opinion. Give us your take. Let us know what you think by commenting on Twitter and whatnot about what Dana White did. He already said that he was in the wrong for doing it. Um, but a couple of fights on this card that, that deserve some credit. Obviously, the co-main event, Tyron Woodley... TKOing Dong Hyun Kim very early in the first round, getting him back onto his winning ways and pushing him forward in the welterweight division, which is stacked at the moment. The main event, a bloody mess. Kung Lee took some serious punishment from Michael Bisping. Following the fight, Bisping calls out Luke Rockhold in a fight that I would love to see. Rockhold is is definitely up there in the upper echelon of the 185-pound division, but Michael Bisping put on a show in the main event in Macau. He looked like the best Michael Bisping I have seen in years. So bring on that fight. Uh, fight Night 49, which happened that evening, the six-fight card from Tulsa, Oklahoma, featured some doozy fights. Um, starting off in the featherweight division with Chas Skelly. 
sub- submitting Tom Ninamaki with a rear naked choke in the very first round. Chess Skelly is actually moving forward and kicking it off 13 days later to fight on another fight card with the UFC, so good on him for that. Uh, Max Holloway uh, TKOing Clay Collard in the third round of their 149-pound catchweight bout. Collard is an absolute zombie that I cannot wait to see back inside the octagon with the UFC. So good on him, and congratulations to Max Holloway. Uh, Talis Leites looked amazing back in the UFC, back on point against Francis Carmont, knocking him out. Wow, wow, wow. And welterweight Jordan Meehan obviously had some stuff going through his head. At the post-fight press conference, he said he didn't, but uh, that didn't matter. He TKO'd Mike Pyle early in the first round, and it was amazing. The upset of the evening, for many, was the main event. Rafael Dos Anjos knocking out former UFC lightweight champion Benson Henderson. Was it an early stoppage? I don't know. You make the case. <laughs> now this weekend we have UFC 177 Dillashaw versus Burrell. I'm not going to give my picks because those go up on the website with our UFC 177 MMA Sucka staff predictions. You can check them out there. But uh, the five-fight main card, as many say, could it be the worst pay-per-view in history? Who knows? I am extremely excited to see Dillashaw versus Burrell too. And I think the co-main event is very, very good as well between Tony Ferguson and Danny Castillo. The one fight that could be on the main card that's not, that I believe deserves some looking, is a middleweight bout, which is the featured fight on Fox Sports 1 preliminary card, Lorenz Larkin versus Derek Brunson. This one is going to be a barn burner. I believe it was supposed to happen before, but didn't. Now it is. Enjoy, fans. So with that, I'll talk about some of the news from this past week um, later on in the show. But let's get right into my first interview with Jeremy J.B.C. Kennedy. He is now 6-0 and in his professional MMA career and making a huge name for himself not only on local soil, but being a sponsored athlete at Team Quest Thailand internationally. Please welcome for the very first time to Sucker Radio, Jeremy J.B.C. Kennedy. Jer, thanks for joining me today, man. Thanks for having me, man. For sure. Now, I'm sure many people out there, I, I said you were making a huge name for yourself locally here in British Columbia as well as in Thailand, but many people out there listening may not know who Jeremy Kennedy is. So just give them a little background on yourself, how you got into MMA, when did your first fight happen, and whatnot. Uh, well, I got into it from uh, watching the uh, old UFCs. Like, I watched the first, and uh, that's what got me started in jiu-jitsu. And then pretty much I did jiu-jitsu for about two years before I did any kind of punching or anything. And then that just led to my uh, first fight. And when I was 16, I uh, got thrown into the ring. And ever since then, I've just been at it, man. I just can't can't, uh, can't get enough of it. <laughs> now, you had an impressive amateur career, which has been followed up by an outstanding start to your pro career. In February, you had an opportunity come up. Um, and as I said in the intro, you're sponsored athlete at Team Quest Thailand. Uh, just tell our listeners how that came about. Man, that, that changed my life. But uh, it, it would, 
I just saw it on on Facebook. They had a um, application for sponsored athletes. So I just it honestly just like stumbled upon it one day, and uh, then I just sent in an application. And I think I was like right near the deadline, and I didn't really think much of it. I didn't think I would get it or anything. And uh, next thing you know, they messaged me back, and within a month, I was already packed, booked, and on my way out there. It it just changed my life. Like they. The way I look at the the sport, the way I train now, it's just everything's completely different since being out there. I I mean I've seen your fans locally here. Um, you have a huge outpouring from from not only your friends but I'm sure training partners, teammates here in Vancouver and throughout British Columbia. So, what was the hardest part about making the decision to move to Thailand? Uh, probably just that, like. Um, I got a lot of friends here. I grew up here, so I just not been able to see all of them. But that also helped with like the distractions in a way. Like when I went out there, all I was doing was training and thinking about training and thinking about my career, how to like promote myself, how to get sponsors, everything like that. And just, there was no 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 other distractions, no bills, nothing. But also my my family and girlfriend were were pretty hard to uh, leave. But just knowing that it's always going to be back here when I come back. So if I go home, go out there for a year and come back, I'm going to be pretty much at the same financial situation I was anyways. So it was just like, now's the time. I'm 21. I got to try to take this to the next step. And that was definitely a step in the right direction. Now you've had three fights in Thailand. Um, your first one being like literally weeks after you got there. What was it like fighting for the first time outside of your hometown without fans cheering you on and fighting local talent as an outsider? It was actually pretty cool, man. Like, as soon as I got there, they uh, they they wanted to know how long it would take me to want to fight. And I thought it was going to take, like, a couple months just just to get, like, get, the, get into the swing of things and the training and everything. But after being there, like, three weeks, I was ready to fight. And so they offered me the fight, and... Uh, as as for like the crowd and everything, it was actually a pretty pretty cool feeling knowing I had a lot less pressure than I do at home. I like I don't want to lose in front of everybody that's out there watching me. So being there, like nobody even knew who I was. So it was just like I was just like a little. Uh, I fought I think first on the card, which is a big change again. So I was just nice to go out there and just be able to have no uh, no pressure and just fight. Yeah. Now. Um... Obviously, fights there happen quite often. I mean, I'm sure there's fights every weekend in Thailand. Up here in Vancouver, it's tough for guys, especially at your caliber, to find fights. How easy was it for them to find you a fight over there? Uh, pretty easy, man. Like, yeah, like you said, they, they have fights every week, whether it's MMA or Muay Thai. But, well, Muay Thai, they have fights like six days a week every day. So it's like they're just born fighters out there, man. Everyone wants to fight all the time, so... It's not too hard to find fights, and like here, even the fight cards are far in between, so it's it's just hard to fight here compared to out there, as often as most fighters would like. Yeah, now I don't want to bring back any negativity, but you had a scare come up earlier this year. You were ta- you were expected to take on former UFC fighter Will Chope, but an accident happened that caused that fight not to happen. If you don't mind... Um, you have written about it on MMASucker.com, but just explain a little bit about that, and not not necessarily in detail, but explain how that changed your outlook 
not only on fighting, but uh, on life as well. Yeah, man, I, I don't like going there too much, like in detail of uh, the accident itself. I try to move past that, but cause that was a pretty dark time. Like, uh, that was definitely my biggest opportunity, and I kind of, it was my fault it was gone. So, yeah, that that is that. But as of how it changed me, man, it like, just made me think everything's a blessing. Like, I could have easily not trained ever again or fought or anything like that. And so now it just makes me train even harder because I, like, I got to prove it to myself that I, I, like, I deserved to be able to come out of that and be able to still fight. And uh, just everything, too, like, I don't know, being reckless, like not, not wearing helmets or just driving really fast and on the streets when you shouldn't be when it's, like, crazy parties going on and, like, because it was their, their uh, Thai New Year. So it's like a big water fight and everything. So just taking little risks like that, like my body, I gotta, I gotta protect it. So pretty have, much, yeah. Have you ridden a bike since? Um, I did, but just because I have to get around out there, so I pretty much just ride to the gym back. But I'm always wearing a helmet now, driving like the proper speed limits, and uh, pretty short distances. Now you said Team Quest Thailand. It, it changed your life. It, it's got to be amazing. You must have grown as a mixed martial artist, obviously, since moving there. What's the biggest improvement you see in your game? Uh, I'll probably say my elbows, man. Like they, they do specific classes where we just do hour hours of just straight elbows, different angles of elbows, like different techniques, way to throw them, from standing in the clinch on the on the cage or on the ground. Like they're just everywhere now, so they're just definitely the best tool I've I've picked up since being out there but there's a lot of things like my kickings came a lot my uh my cage wrestling that's always been my strong suit but it just got even better when I was out there and just just a lot of things but I'd say the uh elbows are definitely the top we we saw that in your most recent bout you you landed some big elbows um when you came back to BC here to take on Andre da Silva in the main event at Battlefield Fight League 32 you looked extra impressive, even though the majority of the fight was spent on the ground. I was very impressed with what looked to be an improved stand-up game for the minor time that you were on the feet. Um, what did you take away from this fight? Uh, I would just yeah, a lot more confidence in there. Like I've always been uh, kind of worried to throw my hands. Like even though I did, I did in my other fights. It was more of like kind of a blackout feeling when I was striking, but there I just felt more present and just there I could remember everything in the fight perfectly fine and it's just like I just felt way more comfortable in there so it's it's going to be easier to strike in my fights now uh, I would have liked to strike more in this fight but when you see an opportunity I just I got to take it like I didn't want to strike just to prove something because like I just wanted to win so if I found that taking him down was easier then that's what I was going to do but I definitely wasn't scared to strike this time or anything like that so that was nice he didn't seem to present any pressure on you. We, there, there were a few kicks there that he missed. Um, you ducked out of the way. Your head movement was great. Um, did you? He, he even looked nervous when when you put him on on his back. Did you feel any pressure at all from this guy, or or was your confidence just through the roof? Yeah, I I thought I thought he was going to come out a lot more aggressive, but because uh, I knew he knew that he thought he had the better striking. And he said it in a couple interviews, and I knew that was their game plan coming into it. 
And I, I kind of had a feeling he was worried about the shot, so that was maybe why he was pretty tentative. But as soon as I took him down, I, I knew that he uh, he didn't like being there. So that's just suddenly where the game chain game plan changed, and I just knew that my takedowns was what was going to do it for me. I've heard swirlings that that Battlefield Fight League would like you to fight Bruno Capdeville next. I know, obviously, he wants that as well. His team wants that. What are your thoughts on that matchup, and do you think it makes sense for your fighting career at this point? Yeah, like that's the thing. Um, it's not. I'm not. I'm not scared of anybody, and I've never turned down a fight or anything. But uh, with, when Bruno, it's just he, he's got a four and three record, and uh, at six and zero, oh, I got to be fighting guys with good records. But I want to be fighting guys of Bruno's, like uh, Bruno's skill level, if that makes sense. You know he's got he's got a ton of skill and he's a really qualified guy, but there's nothing to gain there with a four and three record, and there's no disrespect there. It's just more of so like I don't know. It's, it's more of a compliment saying he's he's too good of he's too good for his own record. Exactly, and that seems to be the problem here in BC is his record is four and three because no one wants to fight him. Do you, do yeah. you get what I mean? His his yeah, skill know, set is very mean. good. His stand up game, which a lot of people underestimate is is pretty decent. His jiu-jitsu is on point. But with a 4-3 and three record, people are either scared to get in there because they're going to lose to a guy that's 4-3, and three, or it's not going to improve their record if they beat a guy who's 4-3. and three. Yeah, that, that's the thing where I, I'm coming from. It's uh, A lot of people are giving me a little criticism on how i got to be fighting higher-level competition. And he would definitely be higher-level competition, but to anybody outside B.C., they wouldn't know that, you know. They would just think he's another four and three, four and three fighter or something like that. So I, I want to. I'm kind of have my sight set on like uh, someone with a lot better of a record. Yeah. Kind of maybe, maybe. I'm thinking I would like to fight uh, Lewis Hewitt, who's fighting in Havoc next week, I believe, and he's five and one right now. So if he can get get that win, he'd be six and one, and I think that'd be a, a really good matchup for me with good records and uh, both young guys. So. Hopefully that's the fight that I can uh, make happen next. Now, following the victory, obviously in your post-fight speech, uh, it was it was brought up about the UFC and and if that's where you belong, if that's where you want to be. You said you still have some growing to do. Obviously, the UFC is your end goal. But what parts of your game do you feel like you need work on, to work on before that step? Um, I just think like there's a lot of guys that man they just push so hard to get to the UFC. And they're really not ready, you know, and they go there, they fight, they might win once, they lose twice, and then they're cut, you know, and uh, I just don't want that to be the case. I'm 21, so if, and I don't want to go there with less than 10 fights. That's the way I'm looking at it is I want to be have a lot of experience in the pro ranks fighting a lot of good guys. So once I hit 10 fights, then I'll start looking for that UFC contract. But until then, I'm just, I'm too young in the sport, like those guys, there's no easy fights when you go out in the UFC, and there's every every fight's a huge fight, and you can be cut at any time. So when I go there, like that's the biggest thing I gotta grow with is just everything. You know, I just gotta get all around, get better, get more time in the cage, fight fight good guys, and consistently win. So that's more what I was meaning with that. I'm sure if the the phone call came in and it was Sean Shelby, you wouldn't say no though. 
Oh, exactly. Of course, I've said that before too. You know, you can't say no to that. Like, I would be on it for sure. But <laughs> just just the campaigns for the UFC is not where I'm the direction I'm going in. But that phone call came. You know, I definitely would be taking it for sure. Now you head back to Thailand here in a couple weeks. Um, will you be stepping inside the ring or cage? Um, right when you get back, or are you going to train for a few weeks? Is there a plan there? Uh, yeah, there, there's a plan that I'm kind of working on. I don't know how much I can say, but it's looking like October 11th is going to be my uh, next fight. That's what I was going to say. Be... I saw on your Facebook page that you have a big fight coming up soon. Uh, yeah. Obviously, you can't dish too much. No, no. The contract is going to be out within the week, and then that's when I'll be able to announce it. But... Uh... Yeah, it's looking like October 11th in either Bangkok or Pattaya, Thailand. Nice. Now, finally, before we let you go here, your nickname is JBC for Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. <laughs> Were you able to indulge in a few of those following your main event victory? Oh, yeah, man. That, that's what I spent my Sundays or the, after the fights. Definitely just a lot of a lot of burgers and food I can't enjoy all the time. So <laughs> I just let you indulge in that. <laughs> Thanks a bunch, Jared, for coming on Sucker Radio for the first time. Just let people know where they can get a hold of you in the social media universe if they want to follow along with uh, your progressing fighting career. All right, thanks for having me, man. Uh, if anyone wants to keep following me, it's uh, I've got Instagram at JeremyKennedy19. You can hit me up on Facebook and on Twitter, JeremyKennedyWC. Remember, you can also check out JBC's Team Quest Thailand blogs on MMASucker.com monthly. Uh, thanks again, Jaren, and, and all the best, man. Thank you, man. And I would like to uh, thank my sponsors, uh, Team Quest Thailand, Aereo Banquet Hall and Convention Center, uh, Strike Athletics, and MMA Sucker. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Thanks. Good luck. Thanks, man. Bye. Believe it or not, you wouldn't know it from the way he spoke in that interview. Jeremy Kennedy, that was his first podcast or radio appearance. Uh, he spoke like a true champ, and that is what he's going to be one day, whether it be here in BC or somewhere else, like the UFC. This kid has the future in his hands. Uh, he says he has an exciting upcoming opponent. We don't know who that is, but be on the lookout. You can follow him on Facebook, as he said, and uh, keep up with all the ongoings of uh, JBC's fighting career. Also, he has a blog, as I said at the end of that interview, over at MMASucker.com monthly. With that, we'll be getting right into Justin Pirro's unpopular, <laughs> unpopular opinions. Enjoy. Hello everyone, it's me, Justin Pirro, back again for more unpopular opinions on Sucker Radio here at MMASucker.com. So, first off, the surprising news that Stefan Bonner has signed with Bellator. Uh, I understand guys still having the itch to fight, but I'm surprised by this one. I didn't think that Bonner would sign with the UFC's competition after all uh, Dana's done for him and all the rest of the UFC. But I guess he's got the itch. And talking, you know, talking with people, there's rumors that he'll get matched up with Tito Ortiz, and nobody's got time for that. <sighs> yeah, no, I don't think it'll be a good fight, and I just—it's a surprising choice from Bonner. And you know, I know that. Uh, Bellator's released a lot of people, including, you know, champions. 
but I don't think that money should be put into signing Stefan Bonner. I just don't think that's a great idea. And neither does my six-month-old daughter who's here with me as I record this. No, but, uh, no. Not the greatest idea. Also not the greatest idea, but and, you know, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon. Dana White removing a judge mid-event at UFC Macau. No, it just, it shouldn't have happened. That was bad form. If you're trying to hold judges accountable, that's something that you do after the event. You don't do it mid-event, especially when you're as hot-tempered as Dana White. It's just, it's a bad idea. And with UFC 177 coming up, I just want to say, don't sleep on this. Yes, you've got the Dillashaw Burrell rematch that's happening way, way, way too early. Because for whatever reason, Burrell, despite getting thoroughly outclassed in the first fight, and should have, and being put in a position where he should have had to earn his way back up, complained, Andre Pedernera's complained, and you got your rematch. But there are other good fights. Watch Ramsey Nijum. He's on a roll, you know. I will be honest, I didn't expect him to beat Benil Dariush back in uh, Abu Dhabi or Dubai or wherever that one in the Middle East was. But he did, and he looked fantastic doing it. And, you know what, I won't be surprised to see him uh, continue that role. And also, Shayna Baszler versus Betch Cohea. It's going to be interesting to see... Kohea go up against someone who is not as likely to get sucked into her pace. I Kohea has a strange style. It's stand-up, but it's not exciting. It's, you know, you can't even compare it to uh, Michael Bisping, because at least in a five-round fight, Michael Bisping can accumulate enough damage to get a finish. And you know what? As for as much crap as I give him, kudos to him for his win over Kung Lee. But regardless, if Baszler can get this to the ground, and I won't be surprised if she can, then don't think that uh, it's going to be a good night for Kohei. I don't think that Baszler's going to get steamrolled like some people think. But what do I know? All right. You can follow me on Twitter at Stormland Brand, and you can like me on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stormland. And, of course, don't forget to uh, subscribe to Sucker Radio on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Sucker Radio. And, of course, follow MMA Sucker at, at MMA Sucker on Twitter and Facebook.com slash MMA Sucker. Back to Jeremy. Thank you to Justin for his unpopular opinions, as always. A little bit to the left side, uh, as one might say. So, uh, yeah, thanks to him for that. And coming up right now... We will hand it off to the prodigy himself, Nick Baldwin, for his interview with Patrick Cote. Hey, Patrick, what's up? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, I'm I'm doing good. Um, following your fight with Kyle Noak in April, what have you been up to? Anything specific? Uh, no, not really. You know, I've been I've been very busy with uh with my business here, I, but uh, now I just came back from Thailand and uh, yeah. I'm ready to ready to go in 30 days uh, for my next fight. How was Thailand? Oh, it was great. It was great. My second time over there, and uh, you know, there's uh, I'm from BTT and there's a BTT branch over here. Yeah. 
So uh, okay. uh, yeah. So last time I went there, it went pretty well, and uh, that's why I went. I went back, and people over there is good. There's a good training, good training partner from uh, around the world, so it's good. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, how did you get into mixed martial arts? You've been in the sport for a long time. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, I did judo judo when I was young for uh, ten years. After that, I started boxing. And uh, I did a lot of boxing, boxing fight, amateur boxing fight. Oh. But uh, when I was in Quebec City, I, I found, uh, I did found a, a, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu team, and uh, I started that, and uh, saw that on TV, and uh, you know, I fell in yeah. love with the sport. Yeah, that's cool. Um, when you did get into the sport, did you believe you'd make it as far as being in the UFC, and especially eventually fighting for the title? No, not at all. You know, I was probably the worst fighter ever when I started that. I wasn't good. At, I wasn't good at all. But uh, you know, I had you good, improved clearly. <laughs> I was. Uh, I had a good people around me, and uh, yeah. You know, I, I was keeping my mind open, and uh, you know, I have a big heart too. So that I wanted to learn, and uh, that's that's what I that's what I did. And uh, you know, when you have your key, your mind open, you, there's no limits. Um, you're coming off of a win in April in the co-main event of the um, Tough Nations finale, which you coached against Noke. Um, now you're fighting on the prelims of UFC 178, possibly the biggest pay-per-view of 2014, especially with the original co-head or original headliner. What's your What are your thoughts on fighting from the co-headliner to the prelims? Is there anything different, like, or is it all the same? No, uh, seriously, the thing is, for me, it doesn't doesn't bother me at all. You know, it's gonna be my 17, uh, 16 fight in the UFC. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I've been on the undercard, I've been on the main event, I've been on yeah. the prelim card. You know, the task is the same. You know, the the job is the the same. I have to go there and uh, and win the fight. Uh, it doesn't matter. You know, the, you know, for me, uh, you know, at six six thirty or six thirty Las Vegas time. PM, uh, my job's gonna be done, so I'll be able to enjoy yeah. the, the card yeah. after and just sit and uh, enjoy the yeah. night. Um, there's been there's been more and more fighters um getting caught for using illegal drugs such as um performance enhancing drugs and steroids. Steroids. Um, what are your thoughts on the UFC constantly improving on their drug testing system? Oh, that's great. That's that's great. I think uh, we need a, a clean sport. Uh, you know, there's there's, you know, a very, a, you know, the the original fighting sport. It's like it, it's that. It's 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 yeah. mixed martial art. You know, it's two guys with no no weapons. They're just going there, and yeah. you know, the better guy is gonna win by using the the, the skill and and their techniques. And uh, if if somebody else are on drugs or uh, a, a, anything like steroid, uh, it's not fair. And I think uh, you know, in martial arts. You know the base of the martial arts to respect your opponent, respect the art, and uh, at the same time, uh, I know there's drugs everywhere in every sport, but I think the UFC is doing yeah. is doing a great job right now to uh, to try to uh, to put that away from the sport. And it's also obviously way more professional when you don't cheat by using drugs and everything. Yeah, it's it, I think it's a personal uh, it, it's it's personal for everybody. You know, there's some yeah. guys. Some guys they 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 take that. I don't think they think like that. Uh, it's it's a personal choice. Uh, you know the thing is, there's some people want it. There's some people take it and some people don't. Uh, but I don't think. Yeah. You know the thing is, steroids don't give you skills. You know. Yeah. You're not gonna get. 
you're not going to be better. You know, I'm talking about skills. If you, yeah. if you take steroids, you're going to have, no. you, you're going to be able to train harder. You're going to be yeah. able to train longer, but it's not going to give you more skill than the, than your opponent. So that's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, although this is relatively old news now, um, earlier this month when John Jones and Corm and Daniel Cormier had a little um, brawl at the UFC 178 media day, did you have an opinion on this? Like, or anything, or did you not really comment? Uh, yeah, I think you know the people around, you know, all that they they didn't do a good job, you know, because they yeah. knew it, they knew it that there was a lot of tension between those guys, and yeah. at the same time, uh, I don't think that was good. I think you know for the sport for everybody, we're still trying to get accepted everywhere uh, for this sport, and still trying to. To show that we are professional athletes, we 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 try to speak well, try to dress well, we try yeah. to to be very professional. And uh, and John Jones is probably one of the guy in the UFC who's all the spotlight on him. Like, For sure, right now at least. Exactly, yeah. right now. So uh, I, I think that was a big mistake from him. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, uh, I don't think that was that was good for sport. I, I, I didn't like I didn't like this scene at all. If Jones, if Jones versus Cormier was still going on at um, UFC 180 or 178, um, it definitely raised the pay per view buys a lot. But it still doesn't matter. It wasn't professional at all. No, exactly. I don't think I don't think they they were needed this brawl no. to uh, to add no. uh, the you know just the trash talk. It's good. The trash. They, of course. Everybody yeah. knew it that they hate each other and uh, they have history and uh, all this thing. And I don't think that this brawl. Uh, that wasn't uh, that wasn't an extra for uh, for a no, paper review no. or something like that. I don't think so. Um, S- Stephen Thompson, your next opponent, has some um of the craziest kicks in MMA. You've been around for many years. Have you ever faced someone with the credentials he has in the stand-up game? Uh, you know what? I, I fought Kongli. I fought Anderson Silva. They're they are both very very unique, and yeah. uh, you know, but at the same time. Uh, I'm going there. I'm, I'm gonna fight my fight. You know, I, I change a lot of things around the around my camp, and uh, you know, especially at 170, I feel very, very good. And Stephen Thompson is yeah. he, he's a very unique guy. He has a crazy stand-up skills. I don't think he has a lot of power. I think I'm a better, well-rounded fighter. I have to be careful about not uh, not fighting him like technically, because if I try to be yeah. more technique than Technically, than him, uh, it's gonna make Nick look bad. So I have to push. I have to put the put the pressure, and I have to push the pace all the time. And I have to. He has to go back. He has to go back. I have to back him up all the time, and uh, you know, I have to take advantage of uh, of my, my my cardio and my my conditioning, and always push the pace and not let him uh, be comfortable on his feet. I definitely look forward to your fight with him. If you beat Thompson. Um, are you? Do you expect a top fifteen opponent next? Uh definitely, for sure. And uh, yeah. we, my manager already talked to me about that. They, they, he spoke to the UFC about it, and they said that yes, it's gonna be a, gonna be a fourth win in a row and a, a big win against yeah. uh, against Stephen Thompson. That is, is very close to crack the top fifteen. But I think yeah. uh, you know, I'm, I, I beat him, and I'm gonna take his place. And uh, you know, but right now it's for me. It's one fight at a time. You know, I'm not even thinking about about after. Uh, yeah. 
you know, I'm 34 years old now. I still feel awesome, you know, physically and mentally. But, you know, at the same time, I learned a lot in this sport that if you look past your opponent, it's a big mistake. If you could fight any MMA fighter, retired or active, who would it be? And if you choose someone in a different weight division than you, um, you can you'll you would be in their weight division. So like if you want to test your skills against Kane Velasquez or someone, you'd also be a heavyweight. Uh I don't know, man. That's uh you know, I would love to fight Anderson Silva again just because at the yeah. end of the fight. But because that was fun. Because that was so complicated yeah. to fight this guy. But but that was fun at the same time. Uh but you know what? I have I don't have a wish that uh, I want to fight yeah. somebody because you know, for sure, you, you can't like you can't like everybody in this sport. You know, I have some guys that I don't like, but it's not yeah. like I want to I want to fight them just because I want to beat them. I, I don't yeah. I don't really care. Uh, for me, I want I want the best fight for me. Not not it's not uh, the it's not uh, about my opponent. It's it's really for me. I would definitely like to see a fight with Silva again. That'd be fun. Yeah, it's just because, um, just because of the end of the fight, but uh, yeah. We'll see. You know, Nick Diaz would be. I would like. I would love to fight Nick Diaz because you know I like this. I'm a big fan of Nick Diaz. Robbie Lawler, big fan of Robbie Lawler too. And uh, yeah. you know those guys. I'm a big fan of them, and that's why I would love to to fight them one day. And Nick Diaz, who knows what's gonna happen with him? But yeah. if he does come back, he needs a fight. Yeah. So, um, when you're in the octagon and it's almost time for you to fight. What what are you what's going through your head? What what are you thinking? Uh, I'm pretty calm. Uh, for me, it's uh, I'm not a very nervous person. Uh, if you didn't cheat in in your training, I take you arrive at the fight and uh, everything's going going well and you do yeah. you do whatever you have to do and uh, you know that that's it. Uh, but for sure, you know it's it's a big rush when you start to walk uh, to the octagon and uh, you you see like twenty thousand people. Uh, it's a big rush, even after like yeah. ten years in the UFC for me. Uh, it's still, uh, it's still awesome. You know, I can describe that. Um, this is more of a question. I want to know the, what your thoughts are. Um, some of my friends I have on Twitter and I are thinking about creating a website where MMA fighters, amateur, professional, can post tips on training, different tips on fighting skills. They can recommend supplements to use and other things like that. Um, can I do? You, can I have your opinion on like a website like that? Um, would you go on a website like that and give tips related to MMA for fans and other athletes? Would uh, that be something you'd be interested in? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, you know, we already uh, been talking about making like a, a, a instructional DVD or something like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, but you know, it's uh. It's the time, you know. The thing is, I'm very, yeah. I'm very busy here, and uh, you know, and uh, but for sure, you know, we've been talking about that, and uh, I went back to to uh, to school in nutrition, and I have a, a degree in nutrition too. So we're thinking about uh, making some uh, something on YouTube, like a, cha a YouTube channel about uh, nutrition for the high level athletes too. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, that's good for me that a professional spider like what i'm possibly might do yeah um do you have any hobbies you partake in when you aren't fighting or training anything specific yeah i surf a lot 
you know, I have a boat, I have a wakeboard boat, and uh, we we surf a lot. Uh, when uh, even when I'm in training camp, it's not very dangerous, but uh, uh, the boat is right in front of my house, so it's very easy to to, to go every day. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's the the, the the thing I do the most when uh, if I'm not in the gym or uh, on TV. <laughs> Cool. Um, so yeah, that's all I have for you. Um, I thank you very much for this opportunity. It was great talking to you, and I look forward to seeing you fight at UFC 178. All right. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Bye. Have a good day. Great little interview there by Nick Baldwin with Patrick Cote. Thank you to him for that. I said from the hop that I would be going over some of the news from the week. One thing that hops out that pisses me off a little bit, Chan Sung Jung out of his fight with Akira Khorasani in the co-main event of UFC Fight Night 53 due to a shoulder injury. That sucks, don't it? Uh, fight announcements. We got Micah Brakefield versus Duncan Wilson at 5 Star Fight League 13 in Fort St. John. I'm extremely excited for this. Brakefield heads back into the cage uh, for another time, and Duncan Wilson moves up to 185 pounds once again. Stefan Bonner signing with Bellator. What happens? He signs with them. He calls out Tito Ortiz. Tito Ortiz responds, We don't have a fight on our hands yet, but it sounds like we might. Um, from UFC Tonight this week, Damian Maya has been diagnosed with a bone infection in his right clavicle. Uh, no time frame for return, but we're wishing him all the best. Uh, as we said, fight announcement as well. Joseph Benavidez versus Dustin Ortiz set for UFC Fight Night 57 in Austin. A couple fights added to, actually, three fights added to the UFC 180. Uh, UFC's first time in Mexico, Jake Ellenberger versus um, Kelvin Gastelum, Diego Sanchez versus Norman Park, and the long rumored bout between Ricardo Lamas and Dennis Bermudez, which is going to be a very, very fun fight. Uh, other news from UFC 180, the event sold out in a mere eight hours, which is super cool for the UFC heading to um, Mexico for the very first time. That's about it for me on this end for Sucker Radio. As always, you can catch Sucker Radio on Stitcher iTunes, and anywhere podcasts can be heard. Follow us on Twitter, at MMASucka. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash MMASucka. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeremyBrand604. And uh, that's about it. With that, I'm out. Big right hand. Oh, look at the fish of fight. One punch knockout. Fantastic. That's just nasty. He's in big trouble. Fire away. Oh. He tagged him again. Big shot. He's hurt. It is all over. There's not a man alive that can be me. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. I am so fired up for this fight. Somebody is going to get rocked.